Welcome back, all of you listeners, to our live weekly medical show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are back again tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Well, welcome listeners. Welcome Dr. Collender, Siobhan, Ashley. We're all here. Mark, our great uh, audio guy. And um, we have an exciting evening because Dr. Collender is at his clinic, at his office right now as we speak with the callers who called in last week and signed up for the free CIMT. So, Dr. Collender, this is fabulous. Tell us about what's happening over there in your office right now. Well, thanks, Anne-Marie. We have uh, eight or nine guests who are uh, lining up to get their CIMT uh, ultrasounds during the show. And uh, hopefully we'll have some questions from the you know our in-studio audience, which is a first for us. Very exciting. Um, and, of course... Uh, we're inviting the listening audience to call if they have any questions. Um, actually, we have a question here already. We so, do. So uh, please yeah, give us your name and uh, ask your question. Yeah. Hi. My name is James. And <clears throat> my question is, uh, what are the typical root causes for buildup in the carotid arteries? And, and uh, you know, what would be the reasons that you would be concerned? Well, thanks, James. Uh, how'd that sound? Sorry, we're doing a sound check mid show. Sounds great. Sounds great. Okay, good. Sounds great. All right, thanks. So, James, uh, interesting that you should use the word root causes because that's the terminology I use. Um, so, there are maybe 20 root causes for heart disease um, lipids, insulin resistance, genetics, vitamin deficiencies, gut health, sleep issues stress, and obviously the smoking, um, you know, there's all, all of these things need to be taken into consideration when we're identifying plaque. But what you're going to, what we're doing today is step number one, which is identify the disease we want to treat. So our healthcare system takes it the other way. They take arbitrary lab markers. So I consider them arbitrary. And treat you to lower those, to have goals for those arbitrary markers. Whereas prevention requires identifying the disease, which we're going to do, and in such, identify markers that we can follow over time. And those data points we can use to measure progress. So if they're getting better, we're on the right track. If they're not, then we're not. And we so have a lot more work to do. Well, Dr. Collin, I have to congratulate you. I think it's really fabulous what you're doing, and congratulations to the people in your clinic that called in and came in to sign up for this fabulous opportunity to get the CIMT. It'll be an exciting beginning for them on their journey of actually seeing what's going on in their arteries and now being able to do something about it. And we've all had the CIMT. Siobhan, my co-host, has had it. All of my friends and colleagues have had it, and now that I hope that we get a chance to talk to some of the people in your audience in your clinic that are having this done as they're having it done. So it's just a, a fabulous venture, and maybe they can encourage their friends and family to go ahead and take this simple test, as you've talked about the CIMT being the key test to start the journey. 
Well, James, excuse me, James is right here, and he's uh, going to go ahead and do the test. Um, go ahead, line up, and come back and tell us about the experience. It should be a pretty uh, mild description, uh, so this way the listeners can hear what the process is, how simple and easy it is, how non-invasive, um, and quick. So, I mean, we should be able to do these tests in uh, seven to ten minutes uh, and that's it. I, we should thank uh, Vasolab, which is our CIMT vendor for offering free readings for us today. So uh, we're providing the technicians and the um, acquisition of the data, and they are providing the readings. So thank you to uh, Joseph Entz at Vasolabs. And, you know, it's pretty exciting because last week on your Thursday live show and also on the Sunday 3, 3 p.m. recorded show, you reached out to the audience and made the offer that, you know, for so many people to call in and the phones were ringing immediately during the show, <laughs> right? You know, last week as soon yep. as you started talking about it and, um, you know, there's obviously there's only so many people you can do at a time, but I mean, it's encouraging to know there are people out there who see the value and understand that they need to be their own advocate and take the necessary steps to start on the journey of getting the right tests and not the wrong tests. Well, yeah, I think that we uh, filled these spots up in about a minute. Right, you know, you're exactly right. Quick. Oh, yeah, so, they all came in uh, right away. It was, right. so, it was uh, Siobhan, I think. I handled that, my uh, office, office manager. manager. Calls, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think we, didn't have a, we didn't have any issues getting our spots filled. Yeah, but and we're, that was great. Are, are we going to be on Facebook Live so that people can, can people actually see what's going on? Are we going to have visibility? Is anyone, you know, videotaping the actual test over there in your office? Um, we can, we are, we're able to videotape them and we can try to do it off the, you know, when we're on Facebook and mm -hmm. see what happens. So Jason's here doing some video. So I'll see if he can, um, upload it directly. Yeah. So it's an exciting process. And, uh, you know, I'm in the studio in Birmingham, you're down in your office in Birmingham and Siobhan, where are you? I'm in Salem, Ohio today. With Starsight, right? And there was, so we're all yep. in different locations, but we're all excited to see what happens. So let's see how we proceed with this. Right now, we've got to take a short break. Again, you are listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special weekly medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. After 20 years in practice and watching patients die prematurely, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Collender, as we said, is at his clinic right now giving the CIMT test to patients who called in last week and signed up for this free opportunity to have the test. 
So how are things going over there at your office, Dr. Callender? How are they? Have you done any of the tests so far? Going? We've started. We've had a couple go in. And uh, so we're getting through. Well, we'll be here all night doing CIMTs. Um, and so also, this is just unusual because we don't normally, as we said, don't normally have guests during the Thursday show just because of the callers and the live aspect of it. Um, but I did ask one of my patients to come in because she had an experience that I thought should be shared. Um, so Jane had just done her annual wellness exam with me and was talking about, you know, she wanted some second opinions and everybody is entitled to all the opinions that they want. Um, and she went to see an endocrinologist, if I may paraphrase a little bit. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to give you the microphone. Tell me how that, you know, what you told me about, she was sharing her, the diagnosis that I gave her of insulin resistance and some options that we were talking about for managing thyroid. So let's start with the insulin resistance, Jane. What did this, what did the endocrinologist tell you? Okay. Um, the endocrinologist that I saw is quite renowned in our area. And after I'd been told that I had thyroid and was on medication for it, I had to have a lot of blood work done every so often to discover how much medication was in my system. Um, whether they gave me less medication or more medication, I just never felt better. But the thing was, I'd never felt badly to begin with when I started on the thyroid medication. I was just told that 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 I had a hyperthyroid and I should have medication for it. So I started, and this was with a different uh, internist than Dr. Colander. So I finally decided that since I didn't feel any better and that internist that had prescribed my medication was continuing to tell me that my thyroid was hyper, I decided to go for a second opinion and go to a specialist for thyroid. So I went to the doctor, and um, he seemed to be having a bad day when he walked into the office. He also had a student that he was that who was very quiet, respectful, but still there to listen and learn. And I I don't know, will never know to this day whether he felt that he had to give me tough love, or. He was just trying to show the other doctor how you need to treat some patients. But when I told him that I had been uh, named as insulin resistant and that I was on thyroid medication, he looked at me, he, he screamed into my face that there is no such thing as insulin resistance. You're either diabetic or you're not. And And the whole... The whole scene at that time was that I was wasting his time. If I wasn't diabetic, I didn't need to be there. Uh, for the thyroid, I had taken all of my different blood work tests that had been done over time. He said he would study those and that he would um, call me in a week or so and he'd give me an answer about what he thought about my thyroid. So I left the office. I left the office rather upset. Actually, it seemed like nothing that I said to the man um, came back with any kind of compassion or um, or conversation. It was always in your face and, and uh, 
tone of voice that was not particularly pleasant. So I did not go back to that doctor, and I started with Dr. Colander. Dr. Colander, I, yeah, I have to ask you a question listening to this story. It's pretty ridiculous, actually. I mean, is it possible to have an MD who doesn't know what insulin resistance is? Is that even possible? I mean, really? The shocker is that this is an endocrinologist who I would think that a lot of people in the area consider the current top endocrinologist. And for him to not give Jane the recognition that she's on the point of trying to prevent a disease that's preventable is shocking. It's just the messaging is terrible. And this is what I find is this is a, a big barrier to prevention is when the traditional doctors don't recognize it at all. I'm constantly re-educating my patients, and Jane knows well enough that she just knew that was, I'm talking to someone who's basically on another planet. And this is, I mean, this is what we're dealing with. These are the barriers to prevention that all of us are dealing with. Siobhan, go ahead. Yeah, we have a caller on the line. Let's take it while we have time. I'm Mike in Northville. What's your question? Anybody there? Ashley, you asked. Try and do we, see do we have you. Do we have Mike in Northville? Let me let me see if Ashley yeah, can get him. See if my hello. Yep, hello. we got him. Mike, okay. what's your question? Hi. Yeah, my question to Doctor is this: uh, I I work out six days a week. I was put on a statin drug about 20 years ago that keeps my cholesterol under 180. But for the last 20 years, my triglycerides have been over 400. And he doesn't treat them and doesn't seem overly concerned. My father died of a heart attack at 62 years old. And I'm wondering, what do I make of triglycerides when I'm otherwise in good health? I, I, I eat very well. I don't smoke. And I exercise six days a week. Well, thanks for calling. And that's a shame because, as you know, again, I'm, if you're a regular listener, you know that high triglycerides, um, is a sign of insulin resistance and that you are not metabolizing what you're eating. You need instructions on the right way to eat for you so that you can make quality lipid particles. And, that, and if, you are, if your triglycerides are off the chart, one of two things or both are happening. You're eating the wrong foods for you or your liver isn't able to metabolize lipids properly because you have insulin resistance. And this is something that is inherited by, via epigenetics. So that's, again, this is an opportunities for prevention that are being missed every day, you know, by our endocrinologists and our regular doctors. They're just missing these, what I would look at now is obvious signs for prevention. They're being totally ignored and discounted. Um, and it's a shame. I should also say that, you know, there's medicines that are on the market for high triglycerides that prevent heart attacks. So here's a chance, um, again, to prescribe a, a fish oil that reduces cardiovascular risk by 20 to 25% for anybody on the planet, let alone what their triglycerides are, but the FDA, of course, only indicates it for people with high triglycerides, and 400 is plenty high enough. So, um, again, I'm not being paid to sell drugs, but uh, Vasipa is a branded fish oil that is uh, great at 
preventing heart attacks and it's indicated for people with high triglycerides. So for the doctor not to even mention that is kind of uh, bad. You know, this is really pathetic. Not as bad as endocrinologists ignoring insulin resistance. No, but so. I mean, it's really, it's pathetic that we have this hierarchy of the God complex that goes on and it goes hand in hand with what I've been talking about, the compartmentalization of medicine in this country is that people that feel as though if they're going up the hierarchy and they're going up the ladder to the specialist, wow, he must be right. And when he comes out and says something like, there is no such thing as insulin resistance, it just throws most patients right out into the water because here they're hearing it from the next person up the flagpole and thinking that they're with the super specialist. And this is something that is just horrible for healthcare in general in this country. Well, I hate to make this, oh, we'll talk about this. Next we'll come second. back on the other side of the break and pick this up again. You're listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. I don't think she wants to come on the show, but we can relay her question. Well, welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7 we're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome back. We're remote. We are talking to you while you're at your clinic in Birmingham with the people who signed up to get the CIMT free of charge. And do you have someone that have you, you completed any tests so far? Yeah, well, James is here. He had a great question, and now he's going to share the CIMT experience with us. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, boy, it was uh, comfortable and relaxing sitting in a nice chair, and all the uh, procedure involved was uh, having a device on each side of my neck to, uh, you know, I guess take the measurements, and and that was the extent of it, just uh, relaxing in a chair. <laughs> So well, thank what you, and that's him, all it is. Okay, well, I was going to say, Doctor, would you mind asking what prompted him to come in to jump on this opportunity? Yeah, James, what prompted you to come in to have the test done? Well, I uh, <clears throat> have uh, always been concerned on, you know, health of my heart, and I've had a number of issues with my electrical uh, issues. I have, over the years, had a number, I've actually had some ablations done on my heart, and so... Uh, it's a, a condition and a, a question that no one has ever brought up to me in all the procedures I've had dealing with my electrical issues. So I just wanted to find out the physical side of condition of my arteries. So anyway. All right. So, yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's, Thank you. You know, I there's it's a mystery to me how, you know, a cardiologist – and, and probably an electrophysiology specialist is not, you know, doing a full workup for their condition and not looking at the root causes of other diseases that have an impact on, 
your uh, rhythm, heart rhythm. So I get a sleep study. You know, that's number one. So just because James is thin and you always think of a sleep apnea patient as being overweight, it just isn't true. Anybody of any body size can have sleep apnea. And especially if you have irregular heartbeat issues of any kind, you should have a sleep test. Uh, because if you are diagnosed with sleep apnea and treated effectively, you'll have fewer arrhythmias and it'll become easier to treat you. All right, Siobhan. Yeah, so we, we do have a caller Thank on you. the line, so let's take the caller. Uh, we have David in Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes, good evening, doctor and, and extinguished guests. Can also, we also can also emotional stress and emotional upsets, can that can be the another contributor towards heart disease and heart attacks as well as well as the uh, stresses of everyday life can that have a can those be major factors in contributing to heart attacks and heart disease and stroke well thanks for calling david yeah every that is a root cause that we need to address every visit with uh patients and so we talk about stress and also loop back that a lot of the other lifestyle opportunities impact stress. So if you're eating foods that don't generate inflammation, that lowers stress. If you're avoiding you know, nicotine and caffeine, that lowers stress. If you're exercising, stress is lowered. If you get optimal sleep, which is the time that your brain gets to um, heal, so we all need restorative sleep. All of that impacts stress. And so sleep is probably one of our best uh, stress management tools. Um, and, you know, I tell my patients, you know, every day I think about, you know, what am I going to eat? When am I going to eat? When am I going to work out? When am I going to bed? And so, I mean, all day I'm like, okay, how's my day playing out so that I can optimize those areas for myself. Now, do I, am I good at it every day? Absolutely not. But I'm trying to do my best every day. Coming back to sleep, Dr. Condor, let me ask you, is, is a sleep study something that requires a prescription? If you're somebody that's going to a doctor, can you just ask for that? Can you go into a sleep clinic? How does that work if you just want to investigate that on your own? You do need a prescription for the test. Absolutely. So your doctor ought to be able to get you a prescription or refer you to a sleep clinic without too much fuss. At least I would hope. You know, you never know as we're talking. Um, most doctors are just not, don't have the time or care, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to the endocrinologist because I just can't get off of this. Um, you know, some endocrinologists, you know, they are speakers for the medications that are prescribed for diabetics. And you might say, well, it's in against his best interest to prevent diabetes or educate people about not becoming diabetes because he's being paid by the pharmaceutical companies to sell the drugs that are only indicated for diabetes. And the same might be said of a cardiologist who's not managing sleep in someone with an arrhythmia because the arrhythmia will get better and not need as many visits and procedures if the sleep is addressed. So I hate to think that these are things that are going on in people's minds, but they might be. 
Well, that was a good question. Do we have any other callers that are waiting? Or we, yeah, we do. Right now, we have Lee in Gross Point. Lee, what's your question? Uh, to change the subject just a bit, uh, Lyme disease I caught in Pennsylvania about 15, 20 years ago uh, from ticks, and they're becoming more prevalent in Michigan. And it's a very strange disease. There's like eight different variants of it, different bacterium you can be afflicted with from it. And I'm wondering if the doctor knows much about that, if, if, if Michigan doctors are becoming more aware of it. And, um, yeah, <laughs> it can mimic well, anything. Yeah, Lyme disease, you know, we've enjoyed – um, a long stretch of time where we just didn't have Lyme in Michigan. It was very prevalent in the East Coast. It was very prevalent, you know, in Wisconsin <clears throat> and a little west of Wisconsin. And Michigan was this pocket of, you know, no Lyme somehow. But now there's Lyme here. And you do need to check yourself for ticks, you know, when you're in the woods or outside. Um, and we all need to have a habit of, checking ourselves and our loved ones for ticks if we're outdoors for any length of time. And it's a, it's just something we need to do. And if there's any question about whether or not you've been bitten by a tick, then it's very simple to get a one dose prescription for doxycycline. And that is a prophylaxis against um, Lyme. Should you think you get a t have a tick bite? And ironically, I've probably written three or four scripts this summer already for a prophylactic dose of uh, doxycycline for suspected tick bite. So you don't even have to know for sure. It's If you're thinking you had it, it, you might have it, just do the dose because, as the caller said, if you have Lyme, it's tough to treat. And has long-term complications that are that are hard to manage. Yeah, it can get pretty bad. But I mean, I'm just wondering how many people actually find the tick on them, and isn't it hard to like pick it off? I mean, you've got to be careful how you take it out as well. I mean, you've, I would think that you well, have to have some. Yeah, go ahead, doctor. Well, because they don't come off that easily, they're not as they're, they're a lot easier to find, and they're and they get blood and gorge and a little larger. So they're not that hard to find, but you got to be looking. And if you're mm -hmm. looking, then you find it. And then you call your doctor and get a script. Mm -hmm. It's pretty interesting because certainly we didn't have a lot of it around here, but um, well, now we do. Well, now we do. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's always something on the horizon of, you know, if it's not COVID, it's something else that we have to deal with and know more about. So, well, we we'll come back and talk some more with the doctor on the other side of the break. You're listening to a special live broadcast tonight, where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. 
We are back with Dr. Collender, who's in his private clinic in Birmingham. He's invited in callers, listeners who have come in to have the CIMT free of charge. They're becoming more proactive and taking charge and, and getting these tests. And Dr. Collender, how many people have you seen so far? Have you tested so far tonight? Well, like five half out of the crowd. Our, we have you, nine people. Five out of our nine have been studied, and uh, we will uh, we'll just we'll be here until they're done. So we'll keep doing them, obviously. And we're you know, everyone's having this experience that it's an easy test to do. It's ten minutes. It's very comfortable. And oh, it's five minutes. Oh wow, we had one done five minutes. I'm hearing. That's fast. Right. And there's no, they don't need any injections or any needles or there's nothing to be afraid of. It doesn't hurt. There's, it's a, it's an easy peasy test. And uh, fortunately, you're also offering to look at the results and what happens when they get the results, they're going to, they need to move on well, to getting. I'm, 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 I'm joking, but I'm going to say we're going to do the results live on the air. <laughs> <I> mean, no. <laughs> They'll sign 40 HIPAA agreements and uh, releases, and then we'll do live on the air results. But uh, no, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll hopefully do a result show if uh, if someone's willing to. Um, and but everyone will get, we'll go over the results with everybody. Um, but you know, we had a few uh, questions I thought off the air on Facebook that were really good. Um, one of the, you know, our in-house uh, audience asked about the anatomy, carotid artery anatomy, and what does the CIMT look at? Um, you know, there's a common carotid artery. There's a carotid bulb, which is where the carotid bifurcates or splits into an internal and external carotid. And all of those areas the, are looked at by the CMT. And we get measurements at each of those areas. So we get measurements at the common carotid, the bulb, and the internal and external. Now, the internal is more important because that's the artery that's getting into your brain. Um, and we get two measurements at each of those places if you have them. So plaque is defined as the thickness of the artery wall in, in its whole. And then the CIMT measurement is your carotid intima media measurement. That's a second measurement. It's a part of that layer. So you'll get one number that could be... Um, a little over a millimeter, and then you'll get another number that's measured in fractions of a millimeter, and that is a layer that in where the plaque is. So the thicker that layer is, the more at risk the person is for an event. So it's common for people to have plaque mostly at the bulb because there's a split and there's turbulence that develops because of that split, and that causes shear forces and damage to the lining of the artery, you know, the internal lining, and that allows bad lipids and whatever else you have going on in your body in there. So that's a typical space that we see plaque. You know, it's pretty amazing that we have this technology, that it's available and that it's out there, and you can actually look and see where the plaque is, how much is there, and how much at risk a patient will be for an incident. It's pathetic that it's not covered by insurance. But at least the test itself, if you have to buy it, is only around about $250 or something like that. Not very much money. Well worth the investment. And I think the pity that I feel here is that so many patients have just been sort of railroaded into thinking that if they go for an annual physical, get a stress test and get an EKG, 
they're home free. But once again, we all know with 700,000 people still dying of heart attack every year in this country, that is not working. And so they need to really wake up and realize that they have to be their own advocate. And patients, as I've always said, are consumers, and we have a right to know what is out there. The technology is out there. You have it in your practice. And I think everybody should avail themselves of getting this test. I mean, I'm talking about everybody, not just the people you've welcomed in tonight for the free test. Well, and, you know, just more education for the people is the typical markers that we think of don't really matter to me anymore. So the concepts of mm -hmm. blood flow don't matter. Those are not measurements that gauge risk. Even plaque burden, which is the thickness of the whole artery wall, is not a great indicator of risk. It's really just a CIMT. And then there's other measurements that we, I hate to say it, we don't have the resolution with ultrasound to get yet. Um, measurements that are like the thickness of uh, what's called the fibrous cap. So if somebody has a, a more inflamed plaque complex, there's a layer over that. Like think of a whitehead of a pimple. And if that whitehead, that layer is thin, that would re represent a thin fibrous cap. That's a higher risk person. You know, so there's so many other data points that we can get over time as resolution of the imaging gets better. And those are things that we'll be looking to get, you know, here over time. Uh, but right now, IMT does the trick. But if the more data, the better. So the more points of information we have is important. Well, another thing that you've talked about in past shows is the risks involved with interventional cardiology testing that you have to go and get done in a, I guess, in a hospital setting. And I think that a lot of people, when they do get referred up the pipeline to a cardiologist, you may be getting sent in for these more dangerous, more risky interventional tests when why not just get the CIMT first of all? It just seems to make more sense. Well, no one gets paid to stop you from having a surgery. You know, you get the doctors get paid for having a surgery, not for not having to have a surgery. So you're really fighting uh, a lot of lobbies, you know, the the hospital lobbyists, the pharma, the medical device lobby, you know, all these the industries um, are at risk if we were really to employ a wide-scale preventive program. So uh, there's, a, you know, again, we're talking about endocrinologists not saying don't don't look at don't prevent diabetes don't recognize insulin resistance because then I can't write the drug that I'm paid to uh, educate other doctors about it's a lot of barriers and again just to get the studies show that for people with significant plaque that's causing symptoms that would otherwise be indicated for surgery there are studies that show medical management is as good as surgery or a stent. So why not take a non-invasive optimal medical management approach instead of just having a surgery to treat, you know, an inch or a half inch of 60,000 miles of artery in your body. This is a systemic disease and lifestyle and, and medical management handles it that way. Well, you've got people in your clinic right now and you're finishing up. It's been very uh, gracious of you to do this and to allow these people to come in and let's see where this journey takes them and let's hope that more people pay attention to being their own advocate and take the step to getting the tests that actually work. 
And I want to thank everyone for coming in. Again, thank Vasil Lab for running the reports for us, and I uh, look forward to catching up in a few weeks and to go over results. Well, that's exciting. So stay tuned, everybody. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. I'd like to thank my co-host, Siobhan Cronin. Where are you playing this week, Siobhan? You're with Starset. Uh, we're playing, yep, in Youngstown and Columbus. Youngstown and Columbus, if they want to see the Starset show. Don't forget, tune in Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7 p.m. for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.